0: Zachary, I was wondering if you could help me with uh, something that I've been uh, I've been wondering about. Uh, I feel as a sort not. of a sort of like out of the loop. I think uh, the stork uh, brings here. them, Joey. Okay, <laughs> Zachary. I'm pretty I'm sure been the seeing... stork is involved somehow. I've been seeing a lot of buzz on online on the line um, as uh-huh, they naturally. say about uh some kind of culture war happening between uh Barbie and Oppenheimer these two movies that right. are are scheduled to come out on the same day uh yes. which at as far as i can tell don't have shouldn't have any sort of like uh, audience overlap no overlap uh, whatsoever okay so uh but it, i've been seeing a lot of sort of uh, uh mimetic discourse if you will right yeah about uh, a culture and since war I'm online brother exactly you want me to explain to you i want you to explain to me why thing. there is a, a culture war uh going on right now okay. about barbie and oppenheimer so i think i i so uh you mentioned to me before we started the recording that you wanted to uh discuss this and i think um you know what was interesting to me that i, I realized at the time is that you you have a fundamental misunderstanding about what the culture war is about okay because um, the culture war actually isn't barbie versus oppenheimer right um barbie okay. versus oppenheimer i'll just say in that fight uh, i do think barbie would win because i think she's like seven feet tall and oppenheimer was like a dinky scientist so in the i think she's only seven o- feet tall in the trailer i, I don't, <laughs> okay. don't think that that's no well, anyway no, the... I, I seem to recall something about like the actual doll based on her proportions has to be like seven feet tall oh um, interesting okay yeah, anyway, i think margot keep... robbie is like five five or something okay but anyway sorry (laughs) anyway but i don't know because i'm not a freak who looks up those stats online for (laughs) entertainment and my spare time um but okay so the the there isn't actually a culture war it's like a fake rivalry right of like it's all like in in fun right like you know how like um the the writers at marvel and at dc are actually all friends and go out for drinks sure it's like, like uh it's like internet color war, right? It's like a yeah, fake, yeah, uh, okay. yeah. It's like which which side are you on, right? It's like okay. team Iron Man, team Captain America, kind of right. Like tag yourself. Are you the Barbie GF or Oppenheimer BF, right? Like okay, I see. Or, it's, or I guess uh, I've actually seen it more frequently: Barbie B- uh, boyfriend and Oppenheimer girlfriend. <laughs> okay, uh, which is which is pretty great. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Um, the thing is that both movies are being directed by acclaimed directors and starring like a star-studded cast and are supposed to have really good cinematography and scoring and everything like that so um the culture war that exists is not actually um barbie versus oppenheimer it's barbie and oppenheimer versus franchise filmmaking right Um, uh it's like finally a return to original films now you might be saying but isn't that a biopic and a franchise film and uh <laughs> the answer is of course yes you are correct you have noticed what a uh, few do it's kind of like when everyone was like i'm so tired of all these like big franchises and remakes that's why i'm so happy that dune and top gun maverick <laughs> are the big of the summer because yeah, finally some God. original films are coming out and this actually ties into fast and furious because Uh, I was waiting for the the, the right time to bring this up. On the red carpet for the the world premiere of Fast 10, Your Seatbelts, Michelle Rodriguez mentioned, like, oh, I'm so sick of these Marvel movies, right? And she's at the premiere for Fast 10. Isn't she in Marvel movies? Or am I making that up? No, Vin Diesel is. (laughs) Right, okay, sure. Vehicle identification number Diesel is... Michelle Rodriguez hasn't been in? I must be thinking Uh, She's in Dungeons and Dragons... Okay, that's probably what I'm thinking. Right? About. Okay, uh, but the thing that that I think a lot of people sort of, but what I have realized about this, well, Joey, first, well, just what's your take? Hearing that that's what the culture war is of, like, finally franchise, non-franchise films, I mean, like Barbie I'm and Oppenheimer. What, just, what's your take on, I'm just, on the culture war now? I mean, now I'm just immediately exhausted. Uh, <laughs> Now I'm just like oh okay i I now no longer interested in in hearing about this anymore um, well, I think I think what interests me about it is that there's now like franchise filmmaking and then like factory franchise filmmaking I think I, I I think that like what I have come to understand is that it actually doesn't matter if the movie's original or not. What actually matters is is it made with like a artist's vision guiding the craft right like christopher nolan doing oppenheimer or greta gerwig doing barbie uh and i think that for um like marvel movies there are some that come out that people are like that doesn't look like it just rolled off an assembly line that looks like a creator's vision i'm excited <laughs> for the sam raimi marvel movie i'm excited for the james gunn marvel movie right or right? when taika waititi um, does one or right? when taika like, waititi yeah. does one and i think that where people get um upset is like when one of those comes around and it doesn't feel like it a- accurately depicts the creator's vision and that's the whole thing with like the Snyder cut which you and I cannot get into on We're this not podcast talk about the Snyder cut I do want, speaking of Zack Snyder yeah. Uh, and speaking of this uh, I actually did want to talk to you about um movies that are, uh, intended to, uh, be franchises from the beginning, specifically with regard to, uh, Zack Snyder's new, uh, sci-fi epic, uh, that he's coming out with it was on the cover of Empire Magazine, uh, this month, and I believe the headline was literally like, move over Star Wars, there's a new sci-fi franchise in town, Yeah, well. and I was, looking, I was like, are you serious? Well, <laughs> first, well of all, first of but all but here's the thing, right? Snyder, but second well, of all yeah, it's obviously. not out yet <laughs> like well but i i think that there there's just this big like you know we want people want it's franchises. the same thing as as dune and avatar right it's like something that somebody's tr- somebody's trying to engineer a uh, a smash hit science fiction franchise uh, because they're tired of what's currently out there right. um but without but understanding yeah, think... of the fact that all these sci-fi franchises started from somewhere of like from something a special movie and yeah. then it becomes a franchise and i think that um even fast and furious it was at one point just a movie then they tried to reboot that movie like four times until they hmm. realized Let's just until they realized that they had a franchise yeah. until they realized they had a franchise and then they brought everyone from those various reboots back together. yeah, which right? is a brilliant idea for a, a, I'm so glad we actually brought this around to talking about fast and very our core competency because like um yeah, no, that's like a brilliant way of of finding yourself with the franchise. I mean like making a bunch of like swings and misses and then being like, actually, all of these together are a fucking hit like right yeah that's that's a good way of going about well, it so this so is this, so i actually so i had to do some reading when i was uh putting together our agenda of episodes and we'll get mm. to spy racers in a moment the oh, yeah. topic of this episode uh but just sort of understanding the anatomy of fast and furious as a franchise so the first movie comes out and it's a it's specifically supposed to be like a remake of point break right but with cars right where the guy sure. was just like let's make point break with with drag racing so the movie comes out and it's a success And then um, there's creative differences between the writer and director about how to move forward with a sequel. So the director takes Vin Diesel and goes off to a rival studio and makes a different franchise that's the same franchise, right? Or or they make another movie that's the same movie, which is where Triple X comes from, right? And then the writer gets a different director and takes Paul Walker and they make Too Fast, Too Furious. Wait, is Vin Diesel not in Too Fast, Too Furious? Apparently not. Wait, uh, are you fucking kidding? Wait, hold the fuck up. This is massive spoilers. Okay, wait, I had no idea. They were I like, assumed that Vin Diesel was the one constant in this whole fucking franchise. That there was not, there was no there installation is a movie without Vin Diesel because, and then that that didn't work. So then they were like, you know what? Let's reboot it again. Let's do Tokyo Drift right is he and in that one say, does he like show up at the end as like I'm Nick Fury welcome to the Avengers I mean do you want me to tell you because I had that spoiled for me no it's fine I mean I assume he is but no it's okay. yeah he kind of just shows up at the end and then... yeah, but the thing is course. that then right the fourth one is the one that's called Fast and Furious which is like a, a, a soft reboot of the franchise where basically it takes Vin Diesel because it's Paul just Walker, called the same thing right and, and it, well it's not the Fast and the Furious it's Fast it's and, fast and furious. furious sure yeah right and then that's the one where they bring everyone back in together then that's followed by fast five and then from there we get introduced to like the spy shit right okay. and it goes from there but but first it like it there's the original film and then for a few years they didn't really know what they wanted the franchise to be so they tried a bunch of different things and then they tied it all back in together with like a franchise reboot right okay. uh and then and then kept the franchise going from there but i think the interesting thing is that all of those things weren't attempts at franchising there were attempts at following up the original film and then now as you know fast 10 your seatbelts is trying to bring it to a close they're like incapable of wrapping their brains around the idea of actually ending the franchise and vin diesel's talking about well it's fast 10 part 2 of two but now it's fast right. and two of three but then there's also the hobbs movie but then we're also going to do an all-female-led spin-off fast and furious movie and we're also going to do a bunch of other movies in the universe and basically what they're doing is even though like michelle Rodriguez is like well thank god we're not marvel we're a real cinematic franchise right. like fast and furious now what they're doing is they're trying to franchise it to the extent of making a cinematic universe sure but, of course the thing that a cinematic universe needs is a lot of different components that take place in like other pockets of that reality and occupy the same space in different styles, mm-hmm. which is what Marvel has excelled at. that nobody else really understands is like these individual pro- projects that stand on their own, which even Marvel has seemingly lost sight of now and can't yeah. fully commit to or do. Uh, but that brings us to um, what is the first pro- uh, attempt by fast and furious to expand into the realm of, television yeah we should um, uh probably do some introductions and stuff first i'm sorry none of that was funny <laughs> i thought i thought that was gonna be maybe like a funny opener it turns out that um that was just like uh an incredibly interesting discussion about franchising no, and on, filmmaking Shut up, everybody. Shut up, buckle in because I have a lot of thoughtful, critical analysis to talk about. (laughs) To talk to you about, Joey, in regards to Fast and Furious Spy Racers and its broader implications for the universe as a whole. Okay, so uh, welcome everyone to Innerverse Episode 4. Uh, I'm Joey Kotzker with my co host here, Zach Kotzker. Uh, we are gonna be uh, today, uh, tackling uh, sorry, not Fast nine. <laughs> We're not doing nine yet. We cannot get to this because here's the thing, right? The reason why I had some of this stuff spoiled for me is because we made the decision after doing the uh, first few episodes of the show to um, progress through the franchise rather than in reverse release order, uh, in reverse chronological order to fully understand the story uh, as it happens in universe, in a few universe. In a universe. Yes. So will, thank you. Uh, what I found out is that Fast and Furious Spy Racers, the Netflix animated show, um, takes place. It, it cannot take place any later than Fast Ten or any earlier than Fast Seven, right? Uh, or Furious Seven, as as the title actually is, apparently. Okay. So, um, so- I think I think we're gonna because their titling scheme is so unbelievably like inconsistent and like incomprehensible i think it's okay to just refer to them as like fast and then another number number, yeah Yeah, i think that's okay so um so fast set because because fast seven is where the agency apparently shows up and fast 10 is where the agency fucking blows up and mm. and is taken over by um, Paul Blart Malkov FBI bad guy. <laughs> uh, I do want to talk about the sort of like Hydra moment about the agency in that movie, but I think we're, we're that's out I, of I think scope we have to focus because here's the thing: Spy Racers is all about the agency because basically right. the premise of Spy Racers, um, which is is very important to understand, is Vin Diesel, Dominic Toretto, right. Gets his cousin and his cousin's friends to work. I thought he was his nephew. Isn't he his nephew? Apparently, cousin. And this is important because he can't be John Cena's kid, nor can he be his sister's kid. Um, Okay. Oh, also, by the way, I found out while like uh, I I was looking at like Letterbox Reviews and whatever. Um, So the reason why Vin Diesel's sister in Fast Ten leaves the movie um th- this is frankly bizarre it has nothing to do with spy racers just came up uh <laughs> okay. but apparently the reason why his sister leaves the movie is because uh-huh. um so you know paul walker fucking died yeah so I'm they familiar. in the movies they just like weekend at Bernie's. Him like just pretend he's still alive there's like he's wait, alive he's just wh- somewhere else wait what he's still alive he's just somewhere else and he's married to vin diesel's sister what so, Vin Stop, Diesel's okay. sister leaves the movie Stop to the... on an adventure with Paul Walker's character that we can't see. Stop because the podcast. Paul Walker is dead. And, and so what? There's like a novel tie-in for the film that you have I to do. I have read? no idea. All I know is that apparently the reason why we can't actually see what his sister does is because it would involve CDIing the corpse of Paul Walker. So, so they made the decision. Just so I'm clear, they made the decision that they're going. They're not going to CGI the corpse of Paul Walker into these more than movies once. They did that- it once, right? Okay, and they're not. They're not going to do it consistently because that would be in poor taste and disrespectful. They are, right. however, going to treat it as though his character is still around and just not like interested it, in interacting it's the scene with anybody from Buzz anymore. Buzz Lightyear, where Woody has Buzz's arm. And is like, okay, oh, hey, Buzz, you, it's, you can't see uh, him, but he's right over there. That was actually uh, Toy Story, not Buzz Lightyear. Uh, but yes. Did I say the scene from? You Buzz You said Lightyear? the scene from Buzz Lightyear, and then I. Well, that's the true moment. franchise in my brain is Buzz Lightyear. But <laughs> yes we, uh, but as, as we've from... established on the podcast, we can't. We are not allowing the original to talk about... Toy Story film with yes. Okay, yes. fine. In, so, in they, Toy they, Story. Right, they do this thing Buzz's where, arm. like, occasionally Paul Walker's arm, disembodied arm, is visible. In the I, movie but here's or the thing: something. they do okay. like an Agents of Shield type thing where it's like. Uh whoa! Uh, that the Avengers were just here, but you missed them, right? It's like <laughs> it's like, yo, Paul Walker is here. We promise, he's just somewhere else. What an insane thing! Why would they do that? Why wouldn't they just kill his character? I, I guess that's, that felt like poor taste. I in, don't know. That's it, but that's in so much worse. Like that's that's so much worse. Well, I guess so they didn't much... want to Chadwick Boseman it and make a whole movie about his death. But right? I mean, like, like okay, as Mediocre as that movie was,
1: it at did least feel respectful to the at least legacy. it was
0: respectful to the actor's legacy, right? Like the fact that like like however many movies later they're still like, oh yeah, Paul Walker's totally around, guys. Don't even worry about it. He's just not in the movie. Like that seems so much worse. Well, okay. well, I mean, I, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it because eventually yeah. we will get far enough back into these films that we will see the way that they handle the, the Paul Walker yeah. issue, the elephant in the room. Um, but, but anyway, so so but this deals with Dominic Toretto's uh, cousin, who is recruited along with his friends into the agency, and they go on missions. So for this episode, uh, we are talking about. Uh, so the each season has its own name, based on the location. They're like Spy Racers LA, Spy Racers each Rio, arc, Spy Racers if you will. Mexico. So the final season, each season of the first five... By the way, there are six fucking seasons of this show. <laughs> there are six seasons. It is... There is not a small and amount And I cannot of stress television. enough, the first season came out in 2019, the second and third seasons both came out in 2020, and then the final three seasons all came out in 2021, <laughs> uh, so, that, I mean, if that doesn't speak to its quality, I don't know it does. what does. It's a animated production by DreamWorks. Cycle. Yeah, it's animated by DreamWorks. It's a Netflix original, um, and it has uh, all the best animated television programs for of children. Course. Are. Uh, and it, uh, so each of the first five seasons has eight episodes. The final season has 12. It is actually not titled by location. It's actually just called homecoming, but it's actually two arcs. The first six episodes are like an Arctic adventure. Apparently and the latter six episodes are, uh, the, the episode seven is called Hollywood begins. And then the finale is say goodbye to Hollywood. So we're titling this the Hollywood arc because it's a, it's a separate arc. It picks up time skip after the last one, presumably I'm assuming. Yeah, um, seems like it. And it's just the and Joey, we should recap the plot very briefly before we go into details because you and I, but bo- I took notes. I have six pages of notes from yeah, these six I, episodes. I have a huge, huge quantity of notes here. There's a lot to talk about. There is quite uh, a bit okay. to talk about in yeah. terms of the show. So, fine, but let's, do you just... want to like recap the basic plot of? Yeah, the way that... let's just let's just jump right into it, right? Okay, so we're talking about the finale arc of a. Six season, uh, television. Basically, seven series. arc. We're talking yes. about the seventh arc of a Netflix original animated kids show. Right. So we watched started in the middle of the last season and watched to the end. That's how we're doing it. And then the next time we do it, we'll do the first half of the season and so on. All right. So at the start of where we watched from, uh, Vin Diesel's cousin, uh, and Tony, Tony Toretto, Tony Very Toretto. Toretto, yes, uh, Tony Tiger. Uh, and his <laughs> friends, great. yeah, have been uh have been fired from their work with the agency and are now working a series of menial jobs in L.A. Um, in, in Hollywood, in Hollywood specifically, right? And and specifically, they're working on the um, the they're working on action the ca- movie franchise that exists in universe in the in universe called Limo which is yeah. about a limo which is like driver a ni- and his sentient limo and his like co-driver who's a monkey and yeah. they go on a series It's like of- a it's like a night rider slash i don't even know right like it's 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 yeah. excellent and i love the idea that this is like oh this is the best part of the show hold on but, that <laughs> I, but I love the idea that this is the what crazy action movies exist in the world of fast and yeah. furious in in the world of fast and furious Everybody fucking goes to see Limo Three, like the stretching, the, the stretching. Uh, we'll actually we'll talk the about. Hold on, we'll talk about that particular red carpet premiere because that's, of course, the yes. end of the season. The end of the season <laughs> is the red carpet premiere, and boy, howdy <laughs> is it! Is howdy it. is it good? Um, okay, so yeah, so basically the. Season opens, or not the season, sorry, the arc opens with, like, they've all been fired, they're not spies anymore, and I I assume that nobody listening has ever seen a single episode of Spy Racers, but, uh, Nor will they ever, like, watch it in the future. Right. Okay. But basically, what happens is, presumably, in the last arc, they were fighting an evil robot named Dan. Yes, the evil robot who wants to destroy the universe is called Dan. We'll fucking get to that in a minute. Okay, they are fighting an evil robot called Dan. Uh everybody except for Tony Toretto thinks that Dan is dead um because she was like crushed under something in the Arctic. Who knows? And there was a big explosion, but, like, they did it wrong and they got fired, right? But he's like, no, I know that Dan is gonna be back any day now, right? So he's like, and they all think Look, he's- you weak- know what? No. I feel like we actually have to go episode by episode. Fine, because, okay. Because the start of the story is him and his friend, Cisco tackling random old women across <laughs> Hollywood. True. And his friends <laughs> <It> are like, <laughs> this is the 12th old woman that you've tackled to the ground. It's true, that it a robot robot. <laughs> Yeah, and they have to stage an intervention. They have an intervention for that. old woman tackling. <laughs> You're right. I forgot about that. And this Which is where where Zachary and I, watching this for the first time, are introduced to all the characters. Right? Is so, in the old lady tackling <laughs> intervention. Yes. So there is uh, the like, first note that I took though uh-huh. is Monster House animation. Oh, okay. Because I wrote down Dougal ass animation. <laughs> <laughs> It's animated like the worst early two thousands, like like the very beginning of three D animation on the lowest imaginable budget. Like it, there are there are scenes where it will cut to a shot where the models haven't started moving for a split yes. second before they do, and then there are other scenes where um they will just like hold on a shot too long. It was like they rushed. it. I mean, they did three seasons. In, there, yeah. No, they, they did, did eight episodes in a year. So like th- they were super rushed and I think they just had to get the season out for tax write-off purposes or something. <laughs> I wrote down multiple times their like shots of characters faces that look like the PS One haggard face, <laughs> like, like absolutely, like at one point, what's the the stunt driver girl's name? There's like multiple shot in the late the last episode. There's like multiple shots of her face where her face is like 2D plastered onto the 3D model. Yes, okay, that is that is Layla Gray. I know all the characters' names. Oh, okay, good. But yeah, so there's like multiple multiple times where like characters are it animated in like the wonkiest possible ways. Uh, that I said, also cannot show. Okay, well, hold on. Let's actually go through the group, all right? Mm. Because um, so there's Tony Toretto, who's basic protagonist, right? Black hair, leather jacket. I'm the yeah. only one who can stop the whatever. Uh, you have Wait, Sis- but he's not. Hold on, he's not like uh, like an edge lord, and he's not like a, he's like he's just like a kid. They're he's all just kids. Like, he's a guy. He's a yeah. guy. He's a standard guy. He's standard guy, and then you have his um, comedic relief best friend Cisco. Yeah. Who says a bunch of unfunny one-liners? Yes. Um, and reacts to things in sort of like a "what that just happened" kind of like sure, every okay. moment. But yeah. So that's so that's Cisco. Um, you know, we have a uh, generic white question mark protagonist, uh, and I put question mark there because Vin Diesel himself identifies as ethnically ambiguous. Uh, but is that? Um, in- Okay. I don't know sure. if that's an identity, but sure. uh, I, that's what he said, I believe. And cool. but Vin Diesel's siblings, right, mm. are white, right? Like his sister is white, and um, John Cena is white. Okay. Um, so I, I, I'm gonna assume I know. I think the actor who voices Tony is white. So I, I'm gonna guess he's like standard white guy protagonist, and then sure. his comedic relief, uh, you know, black best friend, um, and then there is um, there then Layla, who is um, the stunt driver chick, yeah. she is, has... Can I ask you a question? Is she an adult? Because the alternative... Because the, mo- mostly they're children, but there's some adults. No, no, no. no, no. They are all... I think they're all... Supp- I looked up on the wiki, they're all supposed to be 18. No, 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 no. That's not my question. No, 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 no. You're... No, no, no. That's not possible. Because there are some... <laughs> there are... No, hold no, no. On. no. There, is, there is one character... Right? There are the, multiple there's one small more children who is who is younger, right? And that younger character is named Frosty. Yeah. and no, is no. Hold on, the, I refuse to believe. Hold on, back back the fuck up. Okay, stop. They're no, 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 no. they Their they're children mostly, except for the weird adults that they hang out with. No, 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 no. So, no, 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 no. They are young adults. They are all. Uh, they start out the series at age seventeen, and they they're eighteen. by Okay, year. fine. No, because my question was: some of them have jobs that it would be insane to give to a child, and some of them have right. jobs. Well, one of them that that you is a give... child. There is a younger one who's like fifteen. Uh, whose name is Frosty, has is a throw. E- is, is... Echo not also, like, a teenager? I think Echo is supposed to be the same age as Tony and, and Layla. Insane. Okay, fine. I assumed, just short... I assumed that Layla was, like, in her 20s because she's, like, a professional fucking stunt driver. She might which... supposed to be older, I'm not sure, but, okay. but her thing, her demographic that she represents on this college brochure cherry pick, sure. you know, crew here... Is that she is Southern? Question mark. Yeah, but that comes well, across in just occasionally dropping the G's off of I N. No, but also I didn't notice it until y'all. like the last episode. Like they, she doesn't have. She intermittently has an accent. And it only just. Very she will occasionally say like driving instead of driving, yeah. and she'll say y'all instead of. But you. not consistently so much not so that it took me several episodes to notice it. Yeah, um and then okay, so here, here's the thing about Frosty. For the first couple episodes, I could not tell what age Frosty was, what race Frosty was, what gender identity Frosty was, or what sexuality Frosty was. Yeah. Frosty I still was don't just know. sort of like the Greendale human being <laughs> yeah. of beings. And what I found out actually makes a lot of sense with that. Okay, go ahead. See, apparently Frosty is um a a, identified male i think i don't know about straight but into women at least Mm. uh you know uh black teenager um but frosty's voice Mm. is magnitude wait really Pop Pop. Oh, fascinating. Pop Pop. Pop Pop. <laughs> so, By the way, the fu- hold on, I have to take a moment to talk about Magnitude. Magnitude, uh, from the show community, for people who don't know, has the single greatest character introduction of any character in any property of all time. Because what's happening, when Magnitude first shows up right what happened is on the street meet right uh changed by Ken Jong right is that, like the insane former like Spanish teacher uh Chinese man right has like invited himself into uh, uh Jeff Weiner's apartment where he and Joel character are uh, watching the the soccer game right and so and he's like looking for someone to crash with like by the semen right and so uh, of course right like he uh invites uh a bunch of people over and they start to show up for uh a house party expected and very much undesired party, right? as our house parties right so people are just filing in right and there's like um a uh, few people check out and just like no, you guys can't here no uh, like, it's not a party there's no party and i forget which character said it early of course of course not a party is a party with magnitude gets here and just goes who the fuck is that right and say who the fuck is the Chinese man he says who's magnitude And magnitude just bursts through the door for the first time and he's scared everywhere he bursts through the door and says ah fuck and just actually starts our nat i think it's the greatest interaction any character that ever seen it's so good i don't know so far we have spent maybe an hour (laughs) talking about everything but (laughs) fast and furious fire oh god magnitude is showing up though it's so good okay well let's go back to spy racers uh, because you cannot cut that out you cannot cut that out i might no (laughs) don't tempt me uh, but Echo's character, she hasn't. So she wasn't fired. She secretly still been working for the right, agency. Right, but it's a secret. And, she she and she, the two she, large men. Yeah, they're just out two bald men. Them. There's just like Pitbull and his twin brother, <laughs> other Pitbull. Yes. and um, they're like, and she's like, I'm still working for the agency, and Tony's like, Well, I, like, how could you? And she's like, I knew you'd be like this ever since I got into spy school, and <laughs> yeah, you okay. didn't. And this I was is where like, I started writing. Yeah, this is where I wrote down. This is just Spy Kids. <laughs> I was like, "Hold oh, the fuck off!" I think I first Spy? wrote down School? Yeah, Spy School, and then I wrote down, "This is just Spy Kids." <laughs> so, I, I let's. I want to just you know, because because we spent a bit of time just on episode one and the setup is, yeah, of course, Dan is back, right? She's this android and whatever. I want to talk about Dan's motivation and backstory in a moment. Um, first, I want to get to something very important, which is that the mascot for the studio that they work for is called Tarpy, right? <laughs> Who is a-, a uh, sentient tar pit. <laughs> a sentient tar pit. And I wrote down in all caps, with a ton of exclamation points and question marks, is Tarpy a gizmoid? <laughs> Phenomenal question. Uh, Tarpy is definitely, and there's, there's like a giant animatronic Tarpy- uh, that Which, Dan hacks into to chase the tram tour yeah, that I'm previously Tony's a- immobile. I also I want to talk about the use of the word spy and its sort of relationship to plot devices. Yes, oh, we'll, we'll get talk. to that in a moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, is, is Tarfi a gizmoid? See, I, I, I uh, as far as and, I know... And anyway, I just also have to throw something out here uh, and put you on blast for a moment, Joey. Um, oh, I no. think We recorded our last episode. We got off the call. Uh, mics are no longer running. Joey turns to me, uh, you know, or, or I guess says to me on the call, he says, yeah, gizmo's one of the gargoyles, right? <laughs> You stupid bitch! (laughs) Wait, and then this—it gets better because I'm like, no, Gizmo is one of the Gremlins, and he goes, "Oh, right, the Gremlins from the animated show, like gargoyles." That's why I was confused, and I turned him. I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" The, Gar- the Gargoyles is an animated show. The Gremlins is a Steven Spielberg live action Christmas film. And then Joey says the most unhinged shit to me. He says, It has nothing to do with The Twilight Zone. And I was like, You thought that there was an animated spin off of The Twilight Zone? gremlin? okay yes that is a hundred percent sorry <laughs> called gargoyles <And laughs> No, hold on. The gargoyles was an animated spin-off of the twilight zone <laughs> no. on the plane that's, that's not Tar-Rose what i shatter. thought that's not what i thought i thought that i actually <laughs> i know that gargoyles is a cartoon show about gargoyles and i thought that gizmo was right. one of them okay the, but then when you said No Gizmo's one of the gremlins, I thought that there must have also then been an animated gremlins show because why would there be... Uh, like, some kind of... Why would there be a, a live-action movie about the creature from the one episode of the Twilight Zone? So they must have made an animated TV show about... <laughs> but Gremlin is, like, a thing. It's not, like, unique to Twilight Zone. Okay, but I'm familiar with exactly one... I guess it's my fault for conflating. Apparently, there's exactly two like usages of the word gremlin in pop culture, and it was my fault for conflating them. Uh, apparently, <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay, I get it. Gizmo is a fucking gremlin. Yeah, um, the Mowgli, I believe they're called. Uh, I believe it's Mogwai. The- Mogwai. Uh, yeah. Fuck. Edit that out. Edit that out. <laughs> cut that. Cut that. Absolutely cut, cut not. That out. No, no, hold on. You've been putting me on blast this whole time. <laughs> a Mowgli? You mean, like, the character from the Jungle Book? <laughs> all right, well, all right, clearly, uh, you know, uh both sides. What, both what sides. we're doing here is betraying our complete lack of qualifications <laughs> to, to talk about <laughs> to anything. discuss media in any way. Uh, but what I wanted to say is that, so, um, Dan has a spy device that hacks the Tarpy animatronic and causes it to chase the tram, but then um echo has spy devices which make the tram go fast and all the tourists on the tram are caught up in this you know big ride and then they end up going in a straight line and jumping off of things and there are helicopters and explosions and at the end of it they land the tram and layla turns and says to the the tourists uh you know that was the tour feel free to join our crew anytime <laughs> and i went wait a fucking second <laughs> i didn't even Is notice this that ride. is this the honest to god fucking ride at universal studios (laughs) because it's the same correct me if i'm wrong it's the same fucking thing and i wasn't sure if that was on purpose Mm. or if they just they accidentally did it but i was like yo the first episode of spy racers is just like supercharged oh yeah all right i'm gonna go through listen there's there's several large themes that i want to touch on not yet. We're not me, ready. Me together. as well. Um, I, I do want to just point out, though, the last thing before we move to the next episode. I wrote down for every episode um, as soon as family was mentioned, and mm-hmm. so far. I gotta mention for all six episodes, family is okay. said at least once every episode. Well, that's also what the fucking theme song is like all about. Well, just the, not even the theme song, right? Sure. Just, just family, right? And so um, I'm going to actually throughout our watching of this show, I'm going to continue doing that and see if there is even a single episode. And it might just be in the because Vin Diesel was an executive producer for the show. It might be like yeah. in like their the contract, yeah, right to write in the word family once per episode. Um, But there's even like a moment where one of the characters is like, yeah, yeah, family, we get it. And I'm like, you don't get to be self-aware about that. You're Fast and Furious spy racers. I I actually wrote down fairly early on in my notes. um, uh, I wrote down, they do keep dropping the word family, but not in the way that I expect the movies do. It's more like a weird name drop, right? It's like they're mentioning a character that you should know. It's like the way that Dengarampa uses hope and despair where it's like the words no longer mean the things the like what they actually mean in the english language they're used as like a religion right like are you like and and so this is just like casually dropped the the religion of family which ties back into the faith iconography of the franchise uh that we we talked about a couple episodes back uh okay so let's talk okay so when we talk about spy stuff that's all agency right like the in in this the in the continuity of spy racers right as far as i can tell the agency you remember the uh single global government with dictatorial power over all of humanity and unlimited resources uh they they, um are the the quote-unquote spy agency that these children work for um i did write down why does the agency the global government with dictatorial power over all of humanity and unlimited resources employ a small group of children to fight evil robots well apparently a- eventually they realized that was a bad idea and fired them well okay sure but um, i will also point out they also they fired their handler as well right yes, so that's true so presumably they're like you hired who <laughs> what do you mean you've been having children run missions for you you're That's fucking fired. They fired they fired all of them and their handler, then rehired, presumably, the three competent ones. Which Who is not are then, two bald men and one <laughs> small Asian woman. Which is not then later addressed. I mean, obviously, it is also like clear throughout the show that like the two bald men are muscle and Echo is the competent one. Like, I'll give them that. Like, that pans out for them, but also like it's not then addressed that like the rest of them are literally like unhireable. <laughs> well, can I can I just say because because this goes into a couple notes that I took at the beginning of episode two of this arc, right? Episode okay. eight of the season overall. First of all, one of their major recurring villains is called Pizza Rave. Um, and yeah, I wrote that down. Pizza Rave is arrested, and Pizza Rave says, "Is this the end of Pizza Rave?" <laughs> So, 11 out of 10 no-notes. Uh, <laughs> okay. Then, uh, their handler, who's called Miss Nowhere, in what I assume is an homage to Kurt Russell's uh, Mr. Yeah. Nobody. Oh, uh, by right? the way, I did write down, is Kurt Russell in this question mark in the first episode? And the answer is, of course not. They do have a Kurt Russell-alike voice at the end, though, coming out of a drone. Right. Um, but, so... Uh but Miss Nowhere shows up at their like playground hideout or whatever. And she says, Miss Nowhere is dead. I'm Janet now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's and true, she does say, I that. wrote
0: that down. Cause that was, uh, that was excellent. Um, And then the other thing is that so Frosty hacks into the God's Eye in this episode. Just mentions the God's Eye, and this is not like explained. It's just sort of dropped as like a piece of world building that you know you can like. Well, the God's Eye footage shows this, and this goes into. I'm sure all of you children have seen the Fast and 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 Furious film. I then have a later note, which is. Who is this for? Yeah. Presumably, you have to have seen *Fast and Furious*, which is a franchise very much not for children. Yeah, uh, but also, like, this is a show for literal babies. Well, well, maybe yes. Maybe they explain what the God's Eye is in an earlier sort of like. Uh, it's possible. We uh, don't know. That's part yeah. of the thing about doing this in reverse, right? Okay. Um. So I do want to. This is probably a good point to to step back and talk about. Okay. So this series, right? For all that I joked about *Spy Kids*, this series employs the exact same sort of um uh logic uh like uh, like world building um core idea as spy kids does which is that the word spy just means unlimited magic and technology right there's no at no point in at least these episodes does any form of espionage occur spy is a stand Spy means a cool government operative with fun gadgets yeah and then spy spy is often used as a stand-in for whatever sort of technology or implausible magic they are using and, to and they didn't get the rights to um any of like the car brands that they normally name drop in the films so their cars are called spy mobiles yes Which means that they have gadgets in the cars. Right. And it does also employ the sort of, interestingly, Zachary, this is actually, um, something that does sort of carry over to the film that we saw, like, and Fast 10 also did this thing where the agency just kind of has magic, if you remember. Yes. Um, well, and that's another like, thing. I did take notes every time lasers would show up. Well, okay. I want to talk about, I, I we're going to talk about the lasers because there is actually a very significant, that's part of a significant, um, like thematic element that I want to talk about. Um. So let's gloss over the lasers for a moment. Um sure. but- I want. I want to. You need to give me at some point a solid five minutes to talk uninterrupted about Dan. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well. No. 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 no, no. I, okay. Here. Let's. Let's just do this right now. Let's talk about some of the big. The big things about this show. Right. Sure. This show jumps through tremendous hoops in. Every sort of action sequence and you know super cool fight scene or whatever to have to make sure that at no point can anyone even look like they get hurt, let alone die. Right. absolutely No. that not only are there zero on-screen deaths, there is, can be no on-screen harm. Uh, so part of this is like they're having like a like a big climactic well, fight. Dude, an it's rated TV Y seven. Right, okay, yes, exactly, (laughs) right, but so, but so, right, but this is the inherent problem with it being a Fast and Furious show, right, so, like, they're doing these, they need to do these, like, insane stunts, right, And, and action sequences, right, but so, like, a helicopter lights on fire and immediately crashes into the water where it's put out. Right. Or a bunch of people get like beat up and thrown out of a helicopter midair. But the next shot is their parachute opening. Right. Like being completely fine. And nobody again, this is why the lasers, Zachary, this is actually a very common tactic in um, other um... kids. Right, no Sp- guns. Spider-Man, the animated series, was not allowed to have guns, so yeah. they had, the cops had laser blasters. Exactly. Everybody has either a stun baton or a laser gun, right? But there are no, uh, no bullets or ammunition of any kind, right? And no, like, standard-looking guns. Everybody, bad guys and good guys, have stun batons or weird laser guns or, in one case, a katana. Um yes. And let's po- possibly let, the best character. <laughs> but, that's that's Matsuo, yes. right? And and let's talk about Matsuo the, because the cyborg ninja the cyborg ninja is, Matsuo. Yeah. Um but, because but I this- want to I want to now introduce and I, this is going to be uh I want to introduce a, a big so the the big sort of overarching um thing that gets me about this show that I think we're now going to touch on throughout the rest of the episode, so I'm just going to introduce it now, All right. about Dan and Matsuo? Sort of. Um, this show is one of the most hypocritical shows that I've ever seen, um in like several very specific ways and the two biggest ones that stand out are it's the most technophobic show that i've ever seen and they talk extensively about how technology is inherently evil and corrupting to the extent that the like a literal plot point is that the cyborg becomes evil when he uses his technology because technology is inherently evil yes. okay i, I, I did the, want to talk about this right but on the other hand they all have crazy bizarre spy tech Right? And do all this crazy advanced tech stuff. Right? They also have a bunch of weird moral posturing about climate change. Yes. But they're fighting an eco-terrorist robot whose biggest sin is caring about the environment. Yes. Okay. You you have to let me give my thesis about this. No, we both are going to talk about... Because these two hypocritical elements had my... Like, I was like, I don't understand... This show doesn't know where it's coming from because it has two completely in both of these cases about technology and about sort of like environmental ethics it is it takes both extremes and doesn't reside it just it tries to hold both extremes right technology is inherently evil but also all the good also rad as fuck (laughs) also rad as fuck right and also like climate change is bad but caring about the environment makes you an evil eco-terrorist psychopath yes right like bo- and both of those things are true and not uh, reconciled or addressed throughout these six episode arc okay so what i this is this is where you and i differ in one major way okay you have not seen Hobbs and shaw okay because, oh is that hold on is that in Hobbs and shaw too? is technology inherently evil in Hobbs and shaw well here's the thing okay right Idris Elba's character in Hobbs and Shaw is a cyborg super soldier who has gone rogue because okay. he sees the doom of humanity oncoming due to climate change and wants <laughs> to, uh, you know, cull the herd, so to speak, and is an eco-terrorist cyborg. Okay, The thing cool. which... Uh, and he has this big speech about how humans are, are ruining the planet and everything. Right. At no point in that film... Do they ever say that he's being doc ocked, right? Right. That, like, his cybernetic enhancements are affecting his mind. However, what this show introduces, I'm not even sure. It's possible that the same, because the agency apparently made Dan, right? Right. I don't even, the agency might have made Idris Elba. I don't remember, right? It's been a long time since I watched that movie. Sure. But the interesting thing is that I think they're from the same program. Right. But yeah, no I think that is explicitly um stated at one point. I'm not positive. Um but Matsu I think is also like his technology From that is part, yes. Um, there is like literally at one point, right? And I, I have half of my notes are me gradually realizing that this is about climate change and that Dan is an eco terrorist. Um, but at one point, uh, they do like when, when her plan is revealed, her plan is twofold, right? Number one, the big thing, it's fracking. Like her plan, <laughs> her plan involves using fracking against the Oil companies, essentially, by placing explosives along the San Andreas Fault at apparently, like, pockets of oil that exist along that same fault. Uh, fascinating, right? Okay, but also her plan is again like the same as like Doctor Doofenshmirtz or Lex Luthor in the first Superman movie. Her plan is to knock California off of the continent. Yes. I mean, it's an amazing supervillain plan, right? Like, and that's why I and assume it's amazing it's used... what that how much harm that would do to climate legislation being passed through Congress if California <laughs> if wasn't voting anymore. An amazing point, right? Like, but like then the the evil uh the evil robot uh who's been corrupted by the evils of technology into caring about the environment her big plan is to go go full lex (laughs) luther well okay but but so here's here's my point right um in fast 10 Right mm-hmm. when um, the evil agency guy, he has this whole speech about we have algorithms instead of intelligence. We have you know yeah, the I guess days where thematically... one man behind the wheel of the car yeah. can make it right. The um the whole franchise is very technophobic. Right, Vin Diesel talking sure. about how he wants um, Robert Jr. B- yeah. to play. Uh, a version of Elon Musk who's like trying to put AI into cars, right? Yeah. It's a very um anti. And also, I believe that's Cypher's thing. I believe one of these movies is Cypher wants to use AI to control self driving cars, and also, Vin Diesel turns evil in that one for some reason. Okay. I just remember seeing the trailers for so it. So, this franchise, in being about like traditional family values, is anti technological progress. Extremely anti technological progress. Okay. Yes. Fair. But enough, I think I the interesting <laughs> thing about it is that it is super cool with cars. Yes. And so the the philosophy and, ra- and radical cool spy tech. Right. So I think I think that the philosophy of it is like those people who are like, I would never drive automatic. Stick shift only. That's a real car. Is uh-huh. it's like this. Um vehement adherence to perceived traditionalism in a way which is completely surface level. Right. Sure. Okay. And that yeah. like technology is cool when I can use it to show how cool I am, but technology itself is a like a corruptive influence. Right. So the, the core the core moral of the Fast and Furious franchise is this far no farther, right? Things as they are now as I want them to be at the status quo, that's fine. Well, I think even beyond that, it is, Mm. you know, the only people who should have access to technology are a select privileged few, right? Mm. The superhuman, like, the the libertarian ideal of a superhero, right? Like, Mm. uh, someone who just, through happenstance and circumstance you know it, it, the the safest hands are are theirs right like you know that vin diesel should have access to you know the god's eye but but uh, not Charlize jason Theron. jason should it right, right, right? Yeah. charlie Theron should it um and and it's just it's a matter of like it, like we were talking about like that punisher power fantasy right yeah. of like i can break the law cuz i know what i'm doing is right uh, and however many cops i kill that's fine but somebody like robs an atm to feed their children they're going to prison buckaroo right, right. uh that that very sort of self-serving libertarian ideology is very at play in this Again, entire franchise the most hypocritical show i've ever seen just in these six episodes right in the in the, the i cannot get over the like like uh complete like in one sentence they're like lecturing each other about climate change right and... echo shows up she's like man the weather's so terrible because of climate change yeah. and, and, and then in the just next sentence they're like we have to stop dan from trying from trying to protect the earth from humanity right yeah. like and but, but but so they this, don't this goes do... back to what i wanted to say about dan my thesis about dan right is that in the world of Fast and Furious, right? I think Doc Ock is an apt example, but I think there's an even better one, okay. right? I think that the philosophy of Fast and Furious is that technology is an inherently corruptive influence in a specifically Tolkien esque fashion. Hmm. Okay. In that the use of power itself is corruptive, mm-hmm. right? You know, and that is why there is, like, a specific few in whose hands that power should be placed and used responsibly. And anybody else would fall prey to its temptation. And I think that, um, you know, like I said, like, Charlize Theron, like... Oh, she lost six pints of bloods, a normal human would would die after four, right? This goes <laughs> to my thesis. Vin Diesel lifts a car with one arm in fast ten. Yeah. And, and it's it's because he's such a good person, basically. It, and it's the same way that he like he clutches his hand around his cross necklace and drives even harder. And right. that's why things work out for him. Is he has the power of God and anime on his side. Right. Uh and no, I, I think th- you're I think you're right about the like like some people are better than other people and that's why like that's why they that's what makes them superhuman, right? Not they didn't do they didn't they earned their super their uh portrayal as superhuman. They earned their power by being better than everybody else. Just having the moral high ground. Exactly. And there are others who gain power through artificial means, in this world, technology, right? The same hmm like, cyborg super-soldier program that made Idris Elba, that made Dan, that made this, uh, ninja guy, Matsuo, Right. right? And they can't... But the thing is about Matsuo is that he, through his own internal morality, gains... To Mastery troll over, over it, yes, his cybernetic, yeah. a big plot point in these like this this last arc is that he has forsworn the use of any technology to avoid its corrupting influence. But when he when he needs to use it in order to stop Dan from you know saving the world, uh, he uh, he's then able to uh, exercise his own will over the corruptive technology and make it work for him in much the same way that at the end of uh, the the second Spider-Man movie, right, um, Doc Ock like forces the arms to to listen to him in order to save Manhattan exactly right he he like literally overpowers it with his own will uh just for for to to make a final like a final stand um yeah no i i i i absolutely agree with your your assessment uh we do have a problem and that none of this has been remotely funny <laughs> well it's, it's all, it's all well, very good let's, none, none of those, this has let's, been funny let's go to comedy gold then in season six episode nine uh, when um, there's an endgame moment, or rather a Spy Kids 3 moment, which did the original endgame moment, uh-huh. right? Where, like, all the side characters show up for yeah. this, like, end battle. And it has... Which, perhaps, b- I, hold on, which, by the way, is, like, three episodes from the end of the right, season. Right, but it's, like, the climactic battle here. And it yeah. has maybe my favorite moment in this show that I've seen where... um, So there's this guy, Mitch right? He's just like this driver guy, kind of like a jokey rival to Tony, who shows up and he's like, yeah, it's me Mitch, bro! And he like drives a car fast, and then Dan shoots a missile at him, which misses, and Mitch just like looks at it and then turns and goes, Well, that's it for me. Good luck, everybody. I'm going home. And he turns around and drives along. That's true. That is a a phenomenal moment in this show. I was a little distracted. I have written down, I think, multiple times here, just in all caps, underwater cars, underwater cars. (laughs) Muscle cars are driving underwater. Well, that's from Spy Kids as well. Exactly. You know who who else shows up from Spy Kids is the fucking Dinkler. Well, somebody read the Dinkler. Okay. Comment uh, note number seventeen. It's the Dinkler, and then I wrote down slightly later on. Oh, the Dinkler bought Tony Stark's house. Zacharys. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I also wrote down it's the Dinkler. Okay. Um, Good. And he has. There's this whole extended. Do we want to talk about this character? Where like this guy just like he's like I've got. The rawest, most unprocessed milk on the planet. (laughs) You're right. He does. And it just goes on for like three whole minutes of him being like, this milk is super grody. I haven't even refrigerated it. This is the rankest milk. (laughs) This is the most disgusting milk you children will ever drink. Do you want some? This is the thickest milk. (laughs) It's the rowdiest milk. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, and I, I, this is one Dinkler milk. <laughs> this is the point at which I wrote down, alcohol doesn't exist in this show. Yes, no, it's hard milk. <laughs> yes. I wrote down, this is literally, like, in sequence, it's the Dinkler. Next note, I'm glad the robot has a fucking MacBook to use, because there is a scene of Dan typing on a MacBook, which I appreciated. And then the next point is, alcohol doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> He's just this guy who shows up, he was apparently a villain in one of the previous seasons, but he shows up and he's just got, like, a big cowboy is, hat. You're right, Zachary. Exactly. Like, I forgot, when I said Matzo was my favorite character, I forgot about the Dinkler. Don't remember yes. his name. He's by His name far is apparently right Cleave. Okay, he describes, like, several different, like... Uh, he go, there's this this scene where he is like describing his journey from wherever they left him for dead right in which he talks about like I was taken in by this village and then I screwed them over and stole <laughs> and, then I, their... and then I got the man to take away all their land right, exactly right and he goes on this like long arc about like all the sort of evil uh, executed over the past several years in order to like arrive at the point where he's now like happens to be living in the same city where no, but they the, are the best thing about this is he's become gwyneth paltrow he's running like a goop type scam he he just runs a ton of scams like he's selling like fish gut immortality elixir and like and chunky milk (laughs) exactly Right, so he's gone from this like this like whatever the his plan was in the earlier season when he was the main villain. He's gone from this like like you know a uh, uh, world threat to like yeah basically like uh, he's like a lifestyle magnate now selling like uh, uh fish oil on the internet. Right, and then the best thing is so they get his house blown up by Dan, and then later they have to get rid of a bomb, and they're like, where can we put it? And this guy's goop. Like a company has just built a new building and it's so it's (laughs) empty. So Tony's like perfect and drops the bomb and (laughs) it collapses this guy's building. And I expected this to like matter at all and have this. He never shows up again. These guys just are committed to ruining his life. (laughs) But to be fair, every scene with him, he's like, let me tell you about how much I love kicking orphans. (laughs) Let me tell you about all these innocent people that I've screwed over. And then they're like, but can you help us? And he's like, oh yeah, sure. It's like a really. It's you know what? It's like in many, in many, uh, you know, let's let's bring this back to anime for a moment, right? Right. You know? Yes. We've, talk- we've we've talked about well, we've talked about like uh, you know, villains becoming like uh, you allies, know, b- allies, right? I think this might be my favorite villain turned allies. So no, far. but this is the best villain turned ally because he's unrepentant right, this is villain turned ally while still a villain, right, he has not changed his ways in the slightest, and, like, gets off on this, uh, he's, he's completed his, like, diatribe about how he's still an evil bastard, and has done all this stuff, and they're like, all right, cool, but, like, can you still help us, because, like, you're not as bad as Dan, and he's like, yeah, sure, (laughs) <laughs> so it's like a villain-turned-ally, completely unrepentant, no no character reform in any way. He's the same as he was when they killed him, ostensibly, but now he's just no longer the biggest threat. Right. I also then want to point out, so some of their like allies slash former enemies that they recruit for this battle are called Nacho and Roly. And oh, they're yeah. Just, I, yeah, and they're just big. They're like big people. They're just who... massive kingpin like, uh, <laughs> like Hansel and Gretel's that kind of they're, kinda they're, they're bump just into they're things. just too too chunky people, <laughs> right? They, like, and then there is a drink that constantly comes up uh, called Yoka, which is apparently a fictional Japanese energy drink that exists in this world, and I presume it must taste like cherry pib. Do you do you <laughs> right. think that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it probably tastes like cherry pib. Do you think it's it appears in Tokyo Drift? I hope so. Actually, if it doesn't, I'm going to be extremely if it doesn't, I'm mad. Be so upset. Yep. Um, but then so basically they uh they capture Dan, they deactivate her and um finally the Limo movies which are apparently directed by a um child, a child. Yeah, <laughs> again, that's what everybody's a child everybody's a child. There's there's very few adults in this universe apparently. Right, like Wednesday Adams and Edna Mode had a kid, and that kid is directing this movie for yeah. some reason. Um and so there's the red carpet premiere going on for Limo 3 The Stretchening, while they're taking Dan to the agency facility to be like um put on cold storage or and fully deactivated and whatever. And um this is the best moment, aside from (laughs) Mitch, aside from Mitch, this is the best, the best thing that happens in the show, because on the red carpet, who should show up, I have written in all caps, holy fucking shit, it's Dami. Yep, it's Vin Diesel, I have in all caps, I cannot fucking believe that Vin Diesel showed up for the series finale of a fucking six season Netflix animated show. (laughs) I assumed, again, again, I think this is maybe the time to talk about this, I assumed that Vin Diesel was in the first episode, and after that, forgot the show existed. I assumed it was like how Samuel Jackson showed up for the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then never showed up again and it became non-canon and, like, wrote itself out of continuity. Exactly. Um, And even the Fast and Furious wiki that I was on, uh, looking at, like, you know, when this could take place, listed Spy Racers as Mm non-canon. But, counter-argument... I am going to no, but believe it has to be. that it is it's... canon for one very important reason. There are lots of reasons to believe that this is canon, like its connection to Hobbs and Shaw and yeah. Vin Diesel showing up. Well, but unless Hobbs and, and Shaw reason... is completely non-canonical, right? Which is sure. again a possibility. It, but it, if there for is, sure... but, but listen, there yeah. is one really big reason that tells me that this must be canon above all else. Mm-hmm. It's funny okay sure it'd be a lot funnier if this be is like, canon. Be like and therefore once. i choose to believe so no but i also think that vin diesel showing up for the finale is like a tacit admission it's like a his canonization part. yeah um, he's like no yeah this all happened because he shows up and he's like you guys are my family yeah right? and he um, and <laughs> he's like i'm proud of you all you yeah. get my approval game recognized game exactly yeah no, it's, like, a full-on, like, I'm so proud of you. All right, well, Can we talk about uh, his... <laughs> yeah, well, so anyway, so then the plot continues is that um they're like, oh, well, how should we deactivate Dan? Um, well, we'll just plug her into the AI that the agency has yeah. that uh manages their robots. And then only after doing that does it occur to them, wait, isn't the AI what... Turn Dan evil in the first place, and then yeah. boom! Wouldn't you know that the the agency spider laser machine that was in Fast yeah. Ten um, turns evil because. All this AI is because it's evil. Because AI, no, because AI is evil. Like it independently turns evil because AI is evil. I believe they like specifically say like, oh, this is a different version, so it's okay. And then they're like, but isn't AI all evil? And then it turns evil, right? Right. Like, and then and then Dan wakes back up and then uh, sets off a, an explosion to cause an earthquake in in uh, California, and that's like the the cliffhanger. And then part two, the earthquake reaches the theater and everyone runs out. Now. Yeah. So to set the scene, there are people running out of this theater, right? Um Tony and Layla get to the get back to the rest of the group. They're like, we've got the situation echoes there. She's like, Dan is back on the list whatever. And um you know, they're all standing there with Dommy, right? And they're talking about uh like what, what to do. Mm. And then the sign for limo 3 the stretching Yeah, this starts huge to creak. the huge billboard. Gigantic metal billboard. Yeah. On top of this theater, creeks and falls. I want to say no more than like ten, no less than ten yards away yeah. from where they're standing, and falls on this family of uh, with like children and everything. Right. Except that. Except that. Except that it doesn't. Except that it doesn't because what should happen? But fucking Dominic Toretto's... Vehicle a... identification <laughs> number <laughs> <of> diesel. <laughs> catches it. So not only does he have super strength. He moves, yeah, he's super speed and super speed. He also has super speed because he covered that distance in an instant. He moves at the speed of light to catch this huge billboard and literally hold with it his above bare his head. hands, yeah, hold it above his head with his bare hands, saving this family, and then turns to, to Tony and is like, "I got this. Go, go I'll go take care exactly, of exactly right. Like, go, go, take care of Dan. I'll help everybody here, right?" So like, and he like also like exiting from like the because I was like, well, yeah. they can't have him be involved for the whole episode, because you have to have the Spy racers earn their own victory, and he comes back and beats up the bad guy at the end anyway. So, I wrote um, down, uh, (laughs) this show has the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. problem, where they can't do anything too big, or the Avengers have to show up, except for the fact that they just blow past it in the most insane way, with no explanation for, like, why nobody else is showing up to stop California from falling off of the United States, right? I also just, I want to um, point out, right, that, like, um th- when the earthquake happens the like the street cracks drifts apart and there's immediately lava underneath yeah, yeah <laughs> which there's... is extra confusing because there's also a subway system yes no it's awesome there's just like like huge cracks in the surface of of the of the street and there's like like yeah it's like a like a straight up like oh yeah there's just lava everywhere oh under and also the world, throughout right? the show there's like consistent like um edm house music uh callous disregard for civilian life callous breaking of the law poor lip sync to the audio everything that we've come to anticipate from the fast and furious movies yeah does remain consistent in this show um so then dan is like which really gonna... sort of continues to establish it as canon yes just... uh and then dan's like i'm gonna still blow up part of california um, and then they have to fight Dan and the end of it is um, they stop the bombs from going off and then um, Dan comes back to life after blowing herself up and, right. uh, and attacks. So Tony and Dom together. Like, they, Yeah, and, except yeah. they didn't animate much fight choreography for Dom's rig as much as they did for everybody else so he just kind of pushes her into Tony and Tony does yeah. these like punches, swings, moves, kicks and everything yeah. and then goes back to Dom and he pushes Dan again. Yeah, right? Like, there's, like... But the point is that, like, the two of them together punch the robot to death. Yeah, but the way that they defeat the other robots that are working with Dan is Mm. by like, replacing their programming with the hamster dance, but they couldn't get apparently get the rights to the hamster dance, so it's an off-brand <laughs> it's hamster an off-brand. dance. <laughs> yes, where, instead of, like, da 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 do it's, right. like, we're the hamsters, and we dance. do 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 And I'm, like, yes. what the fuck that is this? In fact, that is, in fact, what happens. <laughs> they couldn't get the hamster dance? Really? And also, this show... I don't know if you noticed this, Joey. Do you notice that, the, like, this show had, like... See the let's say the cinematography and shot composition of the show is not something that they presumably paid a lot of attention to. (laughs) Sure. But every so often I would be like, Oh, that was a good shot. They centered it. Well, they did a cool image, whatever. And then at a certain point I noticed a pattern of when I was noticing those good shots. And I started taking note of them. Um, there's, like, six or seven shots where a character jumps in front of the moon, and that's where they center the <laughs> shot and, like, slow it down. Like, any time a character jumps, they'll do, like, a down angle of that character slowly passing in front of the not moon. did notice that. In front of, like, a giant full moon. Okay. Uh, right. And just slow down, and you then could, keep you, going. You have to see how many times they do that in the movies, because I bet you that's not unique to the show. Do you think that's show? a thing, like, from like, the I, movies? I, I bet you that's moon, a thing the from the movies, show? yeah. Um, Alright, do we want to talk about the ending because i had some questions oh because on the ending i just wrote so first of all i wrote um cookout scene also consistent with yes that's true that after they you know save the world they then have a cookout uh right yeah excellent and I wrote down, and they're, they, they do this like, like weird, like gaslighting of the one character. Yes, because she's down- new. She's like a relatively new, cause he, she was only introduced in like seasons two or three or something. So yeah. they're just like. We don't like you anymore. Yeah. So they just like emotionally abuse her unnecessarily <laughs> for like a couple of minutes. It's really like mean spirit. It's very uncomfortable. It's like, why? Why is this the end of the show? Well, because well, she, well, like, I think they're supposed to be like, well, she's asking for because she's always like, well, I don't need you guys anyway. I'm going to, I'm going to leave. Uh, and then like they're like, fine, go. And then she's like, no, guys, please, please take me back. But then they like keep it going for yeah, a while. They like, like really persist in this, like, no, we hate you. Go no, fuck we don't this, like you. Like, yeah. Exactly. Uh, And we never like it. And then they make her cry. And then they're like, ah, we knew it. Yeah. It's so mean. I was like, are you (laughs) kidding me? Like, <laughs> why would you do this? That's the meanest thing to do to a person. This is the end of your kids' show. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I don't actually feel good about ending on this Yeah. Note. But it's okay, because they don't end on that Okay, note. good. Well, I just want to say, I'm glad it wasn't uh, just They me. end on note, which I ha- I have written down. The only note about this... Well, I have two notes. First of all, uh, this woman doesn't know anybody else except for these teenagers. Yes. It's one of those notes. Oh, yeah. Uh, because Ms. Nobody gets married to her, like... Her what one of her main, her goons? valet. Yeah. No, yeah. Okay, named Palindrome. Yeah, uh, I write down several things at this point. I write down, wait, what the fuck is happening? What is that fake Kurt Russell? Because a, a drone with fake Kurt Russell's voice coming out of it is the one who did officiates we check their wedding. we to find out if that was Kurt Russell? I did not check. I just assumed it could not I'm going to Google this. You keep going and explain okay. the scene. Right. So, like, yeah. So, the scene is... Uh, I forget why. They, they're, they like, all in a plane, Right. Uh, and, uh, they're all wearing their spy outfits cause I guess they've been rehired by the agency. Right. Uh, and they're like, why, why are we wearing these outfits for this? And they're like, cause this is the one, I forget who says it. One of them's like, cause these are the only matching outfits that we have. And then it pans out. Right. And Janet, uh, Miss uh, Nowhere or whatever, is uh, marrying a, her butler, uh, officiated <laughs> sure. by a drone yeah. with fake Kurt Russell's voice coming out of it. At this point, right, I wrote down, I wonder if these characters had any previous chemistry or romantic plotline before this moment. Because they sure didn't in the six episodes that I saw. Well, I think it's just like he's the one guy that's always like with her. So they're like, well, I guess they get married now. <laughs> but why that's not like a good and okay heteronormative well, time sure Heteronormativity right? like, time. i guess it's like a weird assumption like well one of these characters has to get married and two of them are adults so i guess they're the ones who get married like she marries right. her driver who's been following her around this whole time um. Okay, because there there is no indication of any sort of romantic anything between them during the the previous six uh, episodes. Agency director is voiced by Tom Taylorson. Okay, cool. So yeah, so it's fake Kurt Russell, uh, voice coming out of a drone who marries them, which has interesting legal <laughs> ramifications. Again, like technology, the show's relationship with technology is fascinating. <laughs> Um, yes but yeah so they get married in like a spy plane by uh the director via drone and then as, as a wedding and, gift they're like they we're gonna go of- collect a bounty uh, and then i have written down as my final note they fly now yeah they, they all jump out of the plane and they have like wingsuits or whatever right and that's the end of the whole show um so yeah, no, it's fucking bonkers. The last thing I wrote down was this is the dumbest, worst thing that I've ever been subjected to. <laughs> this is not the worst kid show out there. It's not good. Maybe. But, it is, but there are worse things. Okay, but it's- You and I wor- don't watch them. It's, it's, it's the worst children's show that I've been subjected to in memory. It's not um, worse than The Science Kid. Okay, you know what? That's fair. It is animated worse than Sid the Science Kid. No, you don't remember how bad Sid the Science Kid was. (laughs) You take that the fuck back. That's true. I don't. (laughs) Whenever my schnoz smells something woodsy, I think they're (laughs) great. We can't jamming sid, sid the science kid references we're not fucking talking about sid the <laughs> science kid Ugh. i will i will not allow yeah. us to, to... <laughs> now i will say i think that you and i are, are run the real risk of after having seen even a little bit of this show being more knowledgeable about the let's say lore yeah of oh yeah this franchise than oh. even the most diehard fast heads hold on which by the way i wanted to mention at some point on the podcast is what i have taken to in my day-to-day life calling fans of this franchise Fast heads. Fast heads? Okay. You and I I run the risk of becoming serious fast heads. Make no mistake, by the time we finish this course of the podcast, we will be the foremost experts on Fast and Furious. We'll know more of the franchise lore than fucking Vin Diesel. (laughs) Like, (laughs) they will have to consult us. I don't know if anybody knows more of the franchise. Like, half the franchise probably just exists in... Vin Diesel's head, and that's the other thing. When I was talking about like the token comparison, right? Don't forget that Vin Diesel said he was like when they asked about like making oh Fast my God. 10, he was like, "Yeah, well, there's a reason why Token stopped writing Lord of the Rings after oh, a while. Oh, it's hard oh, to keep a franchise going like this oh, with." Oh, but, and it's like, oh, bro, fuck, do you think that your fucking Fast me, and Furious franchise I, is on the level? I cannot. In- I cannot address- we cannot talk about that And also, Tolkien didn't stop writing Lord of the Rings because he was tired. It's the most insane- it's actually the most insane thing I've ever heard a human being say. We cannot address it. It makes me- I can't. But I do want to say, Zachary, I would bet money that Vin Diesel has not watched every episode of Spy Racers. Like how? Yeah, that's probably true. His name is on every episode. It's true, and maybe, like, he's shown- maybe his kids have watched the show- so like he's probably seen some of it. Oh man, do you think he makes his kids watch Spire Racers? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> do you think I... he's like, hey, hey, kids, come come watch well, my. Well, maybe that's um... who it's for. It's for his kids. It's yeah, it for could be. Vin Diesel's kids. It, it could specifically. be specifically, like, like yeah. who else could it be for? Uh, it's 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 probably for like the the. Yeah, Fasthead's heads children fast heads children I guess who yeah, are yet old enough to watch it, it is like a good question like are the fast and furious like concepts and themes expounded on in earlier seasons like in the first season do they explain about the agency and what's going on and like the God's eye I and imagine all that it's shit? just like spy and they use the word yeah. spy like like spy kids use again spy, like spy yeah. kids does yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um and we have uh run dangerously close to talking about the spy kids lore on this podcast a few times. We mentioned it briefly in our opening. I had to edit do you think, down do you a think lot anybody of understood our conversation about spy kids too. Well we we talked about the dinkler. Do you think anybody understood that? I hope that they you know what if you don't know the Did dinkler somebody that's somebody ring the dinkler? But I also say I did have to cut out our, my my mentioning of because we have talked about Megan Trainer a couple times on oh this God, podcast. Yes. No, no, stop. and I did I did have to cut out that Megan Trainer is married to the actor who played Junie in Spy Kids and the fact that she said that his penis is so big that it hurts her during sex. Do you know? <laughs> God, dear God. Zachary, are you aware that both uh, the actor uh, and actress for Carmen and Junie play multiple roles within the Spy Kids universe? No, we can't. (laughs) This is the thing. Is that we run a dangerous... Also, when I was finished with Spy Racers, Netflix was like, we think you'll like this. And it was the Netflix animated Spy Kids (laughs) show for babies. And it was like... We're, we're gonna here. end up doing... like this and i'm like yeah i guess if i was not watching this for business you had to think like i enjoyed this okay that I, like I have... yeah that would be the next logical step all right we we've talked we've talked a lot about what we're gonna do uh after fast and furious like what other franchises is universe gonna attack i don't know if there is anything after fast and furious i, I think this think... just goes forever but we're careening towards having no choice but to do spy kids in all of its <laughs> well, <laughs> like we've seen spike i I guess we haven't seen hold, hold the on. extended spoon yeah verse. hold on i've only seen well okay i have seen we've seen sp- the original trilogy yeah i've seen the original trilogy i've also seen both machete movies you i don't think have seen i have not seen much either machete movie which is a, a criminal crime uh really. <laughs> oh, a criminal crime a a criminal, criminal crime. crime uh you call yourself a fan of danny trejo and yet you've not seen like the, his magnum <laughs> opus um, that's not oh. a joke. It is absolute. It is the most. No, I know. He refers to himself as Machete. Exactly. Right. Like it's his. It's his, it's, his, it's his. Like like pinnacle of his work. Um. No. But yeah. So and also, I think Shark Boy and Lava Girl is like a, a canon part to of, that yeah. universe. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and then uh, clearly the, the Netflix show and like whatever Spy Kids, you know, reboot or whatever exists. The Walmart Ricky Gervais is a dog. <laughs> Is that real? <laughs> Fuck yeah, me. dude. I'm pretty sure. Oh, Spiken's four that's the one with the smell of vision where you get a card to smell the <laughs> Is it Spiken's like yes, four D like it's 4D, dimension? You have smell Fuck. like oh, you, you God. smell the That's the, the, the worst. It was, like, the dumbest gimmick. You can really smell Ricky Gervais' body. You can really (laughs) smell smell Ricky Gervais being a dog. Um, Before we go too deep into Spy Kids lore, I just want to, like, just looking back at this episode, this has actually been one of our more insightful episodes. Yeah. Not as much our, our comedic, which I thought for sure... Our first episode talking about Fast and Furious Spy Racers, the Netflix animated show for literal babies, yeah. would be the funny one. This is, like, we've been, ta- we've been talking a lot of shit about, like, the, the libertarian ideology of the franchise <laughs> yeah. as a whole. And, like, uh, what I did not expect when we committed to watching this television show in reverse for our show, I did not expect it to... um lend an extra dimension of um, understanding d- understanding Insight. to the franchise as a whole. That's the furthest thing from what I thought this was, would be. I thought this would be kind of like a fun kids' show to subject ourselves to and talk about. Uh, turns out, uh, it is sort of... Just like another another lens through which to view the the fascinating ideas in Fast and Furious. I mean, I did write down right like other stuff that like it just it just feels oh, nitpicky right. There's like, good stuff in here, but like, like there's good stuff. Like you know, there's um there's a bit where like like uh palindrome the the driver mm. right just says this line about like. I think that feet with all their toes amputated look just as beautiful as regular feet. Oh, Jesus. It's like, (laughs) what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Don't say that. Yeah. Bad. No. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, there's a, a point where there's a note that I made or like, can you say get some in a kid's show? <laughs> because I think there's that one point where, like, I think it's Echo, like, blows up, a, like, like, some of the robots or whatever, and it's like, yeah, get some! And I'm like, wait, can you say that? This is um, a kid's show! I also, I wrote down, so, you know, you, you found out, like uh you know Fast and Furious Spy Racers is LGBT apparently that just means that uh Magnitude has two moms so like you know okay, not a yeah. whole lot uh of representation uh, like i guess it is representation but it's not like what i was expecting yeah i i you know l- like i said there, there's there's quite a lot of like um uh diversity of like i guess ethnic background uh, in the, the characters, but, uh, I guess not quite as much, uh... Like, sexuality-wise. Yeah. Uh, Which, but also... I mean, it is a show about children. It is so. a show for ch- literal for, babies. For and about, and by, and by. And <laughs> by babies. Well, I wrote down, <laughs> I hope this is one of those shows that got worse. <laughs> because... We're starting it, at the end, yeah. And if you told me like, "Oh, it really fell off at a certain point," I'd be like, "Great," because yeah. then it's all a uphill for me. <laughs> I hope, I hope, I hope nobody is watching this. Like, man, it really, it really picked up at the end. The whole right, it really before. built up too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. I did. I did make a fun note, uh, and this is something we can explore. I think this is again very consistent with the franchise. Something we can explore. I think as we watch more about it, there's no uh, physics in this show. Um, no. Because at one point, the main character drives a car into midair and then jumps out of it towards a moving target while the car is stopped in midair, and then the car falls once he's jumped out of it, uh, which I really enjoyed. Um, well, I mean, that's only moderately more cartoony than the films sure yes exactly but like so i want to see like are there moments in this show as we watch where like maybe they drive a car off a cliff and then it like hangs in midair until they look down or something right like let's see right like roadrunner and coyote ass exactly like Like, let's see how how hard it disregards uh sort of a conventional uh attitude towards physics so let's talk about uh i think at this point we we've done what we came here to do oh yeah and a bit more that we didn't I, come here to do. Yeah. Quite a bit more, uh, in fact. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, um, I think my prediction for, like, Spy Racers is that, like, it's just gonna be... You know, like, every season of Ninjago is, like, the same thing? Okay, so the, the Ninjago comparison is, is something I wanted to... I was actually thinking about this, right? Because Ninjago is sort of one of the other, um, like... uh relatively modern uh uh, pictures that we have seen by nature of having a younger brother exactly uh not having multiple younger brothers yeah okay um yeah so uh the deal with ninjago right is that it is a lego television show uh that even though it's like it's like a netflix original it's not netflix it's cartoon network oh is it really okay sure whatever it is right it is anime it, it is made competently and animated well uh and also has some like 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 it's 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 not the best but it's like you can watch some, it you there's can enjoy some good it. stuff there right yeah. like it's and it's run for a lot longer than spy racers has um and i think though like does sort of like a continuous escalation throughout Ninjago is a show that I would would watch, like not like I would but don't think it would be, you just know, not like something that I would like be committed to, right? But like I could see watching it. I have watched some episodes of it and enjoyed it. Um, it's it's a competent kids show, exactly. Uh, my expectation is that this show is not that, <laughs> um, just right. based on what I've seen thus far. That the. If this is sort of the final arc, I mean, listen, uh, the the latter three seasons, right, were all uh, pro- rushed, out, seeming like they were rushed out very quickly, um, and this season has more episodes in it than any other season, um, which is why we split it in in two. Um, so well, it's also two distinct arcs, exactly. Um, so, so realistically, what we're saying is they pushed out four arcs in a year. Right? Yeah. So, like, it's possible that the earlier part of the show is much better, uh, at least, like, in terms of uh, execution. But that's, what, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that yeah. the show fell off. Yeah. Um, which, again, seems, like, realistic given that sort of timeline that we know about. Uh, so I, I, hope that we get to a point where it is maybe at least a little bit more competently executed, but, uh, I mean, my expectation is that the sort of, uh, fascinating hypocrisy, uh, that we see, saw in, uh, this arc is very much on display throughout, I expect, uh, sort of, like, the, the technophobic theme, uh, to be one of the major themes of the show, Um, I mean, already it's kind of become a major theme of the franchise. I think since like Fast 7 or 8, right? Whenever they introduce the God's Eye and Cypher and the techno criminals and AI and everything and the agency and stuff. Like, I think that that is kind of like the thesis of the franchise is this kind of like anti-progress, you know, there's no replacement for just like a a man in a stick shift car. Right. Um, I I think that that that... philosophy is just gonna be present and this isn't very funny (laughs) we're not doing a whole lot of of jokes this episode which is weird (laughs) for the spy racers episode but it's not very funny but like i think that that philosophy Actually, is is the best argument for tying it to, to saying that it is consistent with because like there are lasers and there's robots, but you know what? There's lasers and robots in Fast and Yeah, I, don't, I saw I saw Fast Ten. There were definitely lasers and robots in that one, Zachary. <laughs> right. So like you know what? I don't think it's that incongruous with the rest of the show. I think actually it it it, uh, it ties in very nicely, yeah. uh, thematically. I don't agree with those themes or its politics, but yeah. like. And I think maybe the part that will be a little hard to reconcile is the employment of children to fight um, robots. Um, So we'll see how that goes. That also is very in keeping with the libertarian leaning of the franchise of, like, you know, repealing child labor laws. (laughs) Sure, I guess. Maybe that'll be like... Children yearn for the mines, or Maybe that's an early plot point, is the employment of children. Well, again, Um, I cannot stress enough that their handler did get fired. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) It's a good point. And uh, I do hope that at some point there is the scene of like you hired who? Sorry, there's been a 13 year old just kind of running around. We've been doing... we've been paying who? Oh, do you, you think they pay them? <laughs> okay, that's a good. Well, that's, well, hold on. At, at one point, like early on, uh, in this arc, like Tony has to get a job at the, um the studio because he's not getting paid by the agency anymore right like oh so like, i get but maybe they got like a stipend or something yeah keep in mind right they did also offer echo spy school i'm so i can't, i am i can't wait to to discover everything Spire there is school. to know about spy school i actually. just think it's so interesting that this t- actually does tie into like that i, I want to find out i want to rewatch hobson and shaw and find out if idris elba's backstory is the same as like if the same if the agency did create him the same way they created dan yeah well we'll find out I, um, i'm sure we will In which reverse. <laughs> yeah yeah i guess so this brings us to uh i guess uh, uh some of our our closing uh at this point um so the next episode uh which uh i you know I, at this point uh, we're recording just well in advance of when it's going to come out but um at this point we're planning on uh releasing uh every one episode every two weeks uh on wednesday um yes. our every, next... every other wednesday wherever you get podcasts uh you know you can find a new episode of in reverse um and uh you know each uh episode will cover a different part of the fast and furious franchise we are not limiting ourselves exclusively to movies as i'm sure you can by now guess yeah um so we're going to be doing something different every each episode will cover a different something than the previous episode so whether it's celebrity drama like we did last episode or the theme park ride or in this case you know spy racer season or one of the mainline films Um, You know, each episode is going to cover a different topic as we look at the franchise as a whole, not just its mainline films, but also just what it means as a franchise, how it functions as a franchise, and the different components that, you know, build that franchise from the ground up. But we promise that some of them will be funny. We hope. (laughs) Don't worry. We hope. Uh, Next week will be uh, Fast 9. Uh, Or F9. Not not next week. Next episode will be Fast 9 or F9. Um so I uh, look forward to that um that's the one uh, where uh presumably John Cena does a bunch of war crimes yeah very much and then by the that. end of it is like at the barbecue It's like hey guys i brought a six pack of beer yeah exactly very much looking forward to that uh our website is uh inreversecast.com uh that includes uh you can listen to all the episodes there you can also um subscribe uh or get links to uh any of the various places and platforms where you can subscribe and listen to podcasts uh so go ahead and, and take a look there we uh, are at inreversecast cast on uh you know instagram and and twitter if twitter still exists by the time that this episode comes out yeah um, and we're at in reverse at i think uh mastodon.social uh but all the links will be to our our social uh sites will be uh in the the show notes so i'll uh, go ahead and take a look down there uh if you're interested in following along we also might make like a facebook or a reddit but we also might um just you know kill ourselves instead so, <laughs> so you know be on the lookout for one or the other. <laughs> Just uh you know, follow along with uh what's there now and uh thanks so much for for joining us. Yeah uh, um, if you enjoy the show, uh please uh rate uh and review on uh I don't know any platforms that support that. People used to say iTunes, but that doesn't exist anymore. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening. See if, if you remember to like, rate. comment, and subscribe. Yeah. Um, um now, Joey. Yeah, we um we don't have a Vin Diesel quote for to close out this episode because I went he, back to Vin Diesel's lines so and say so you, d- you didn't pull one from the. the well, piece. he just he didn't say anything that was all that funny. That's true. Right? He just said, "I'm proud of you. Good right. job. This exactly. show is canon." Right? <laughs> exactly. Um, and. I was on the lookout for a great line, something that would even be better than Miss Nowhere's Dead, I'm Janet, now. (laughs) Sure, yeah. Um, And I did find one. Okay. A quote that I think will really just be inspirational and um, just stick in the hearts of of men. All right. And women and non-binaries of all kinds. Because there are these two bald men right right, yeah <laughs> who hang out with these children <laughs> yep and uh one of them i think his name is gary yeah and he's like ah it's me i'm gary oh i'm scared Ooh. that's a fucking spot-on impression Just no massive... joke no joke that's literally a hundred percent what he sounds like this massive dude Right, he's bald, he's got the shades. He's like, ah, it's me, Gary! Somebody help me, I'm Gary! Oh my god, that's uncanny. (laughs) There's a scene where they're fighting Dan. And Dan flings Gary into... Um You know, in uh, in Iron <laughs> Man Two, when it. Robert Downey Jr. is exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. It's how talking about Iron Man Two. Oh God, with the giant donut. Oh yeah, like, on top of the donut fuck. shop, and, yep. and Robert Downey Jr. is eating a donut in the giant donut. Yep. So, so fuck. Dan flings Gary into, into that giant donut. Into this, the the same giant donut. Into the same giant donut, which then rolls off of the roof with gary still in it Yep. um and rolls away and like a fucking hamster wheel right, right, right. <laughs> and gary has an exclamation which i want to end off the episode because Please. i think it's just so inspirational and thought-provoking <laughs> okay while well, in the donut yeah gary says uh now i know how jelly feels someone slow my roll <laughs> <God>. <laughs>